Well, good morning, everyone. It's nice to see you. Well, see your eyes anyway. Doesn't that make you want to be a teenager again? <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> um, yeah, hi to you at home as well. Happy Father's Day. You know, the word happy is printed on many greeting cards, including uh, Father's Day cards. Happiness, obviously, is an emotion. All of us want to be happy to experience and express um, that emotion of happiness and joy is, is normal, isn't it? I heard recently on the, the radio a survey, which I'm not, uh, not too sure about this, but this survey said that to be happy, you needed to have an income of £33,000, have two children and five friends. With that criteria, how many of us are happy this morning? Happiness, of course, is a temporary emotion, an important emotion, of course. But what makes us happy can change. When you are 90 years old, maybe what makes you happy is a deck chair on a cruise liner, not the stealth roller coaster at Thorpe Park, but depends on your age, I guess. I would suggest to you that the pursuit of happiness is not a great foundation in life. In fact, we sang about this. A great foundation in life is to know Father God's love. And that's what I want us to consider this morning. So I've got a few, a few words from 2 Corinthians and chapter 6, which I just want to base uh, our thoughts on this morning. In 2 Corinthians 6, it says this, I will welcome you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord God Almighty. I will welcome you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me. In these few words, we have three incredible, amazing statements, which are promises, and I want to explore these this morning. Let me recount a story that Jesus told that helps us understand these promises. Jesus spoke in parables, uh, which were stories that had meaning. And he told this one in Luke 15. It was the story of uh, the prodigal son, the wealthy father who had two sons. He ticked two boxes on the survey, didn't he? He, was, he was, uh, had two sons and he was plenty of money. But one day the youngest son came to him and asked for his inheritance, his share of the property, the money that would be his when his father died. An absolutely shocking request, shameful request of the father. This son, in his pursuit of happiness, left home with his inheritance stuffed in his back pocket and went to find a better life, to pursue happiness, probably in a city. And there he spent his inheritance he spent every last penny on reckless living. Now, in the story, Jesus doesn't tell us ex exactly what the reckless living would be, but maybe in today's terms, um, I guess we could translate that to be drug-taking, binge-drinking, overeating, promiscuous sex, gambling, parachuting. Maybe that's your reckless living. So this son would have had happiness through some of these things. He would have had temporary happiness. Yet it all came crashing down for him because in the story, a severe famine occurred. 
his inheritance dried up. All his money was spent and his friends left him. On the happiness scale, he ended up pretty unhappy. He didn't have any children, no income, no money, and no friends. They'd all left him. Life became desperate, so desperate that he hired himself out to a pig farmer. This young man had spectacularly crashed from being rich and popular with fistfuls of money, happy and carefree, living for the moment, to being alone and hungry, starving, lost and desperate. He decided on a course of action to change this sorry state that he had got himself into. He recognised that he was responsible for his actions against his father. He decided to return to his father and plead with him. And he said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer to be worthy to be called your son. Will you please hire me? Treat me as your servant. So he set back to return to his father and his family home. Before he'd even arrived at the gate, the father was waiting for him. He saw him coming, ran out and welcomed him. He hugged and kissed him. And of course, the story represents Father God to us. So the first thing that we see, well, the first promise that we have here is that Father God says, I will welcome you. You know, if anyone deserved the cold shoulder or a rebuke, a severe reprimand or a refusal to come back into the family home, it was surely this young son. But no, the father welcomed him. His father put no conditions on his return, like clean up your act, son, or you'll get out again, you'll be out again. His father didn't even ask for repayment of the money that he had wasted. The son was repentant. He was truly sorry for his actions and the pain he had caused. He wanted to change and the father knew this and welcomed him back. This is an amazing picture for us of who Father God is. You may, like many, have a false picture of who Father God is, what he is like. He is a welcoming father. Whenever we come back to him, he is waiting with open arms to hug us and welcome us. Father God doesn't do social distancing. It's a false picture of Father God if you think you have to clean up your act before you come to him. He doesn't demand good behaviour or some penance. He's not waving a huge stick to beat us up or wanting to see our good works or how much we give to charity. He doesn't wait for us to clean up our act before he accepts us. No, no, no. He welcomes us with open arms. He has a huge heart of love. We are totally accepted, just as we are. Even if we're mucky or bruised or confused or desperate or disappointed in life or successful. You know, even if you've got your act together, major money, major mark on society, he totally accepts you. Whatever your ability or disability, Father God welcomes you. The love of the Father is for all All of us here this morning, whoever you are, without exception, are welcomed by Father God to come home. 
In the parable, the son didn't manage to finish his speech because his father called for a fresh clean robe to be put on him and a ring to be put on his finger and shoes on his sore and blistered feet. The father brought about the transformation as he came home. The second promise that uh, I read to you is, I will be a father to you. What does this mean? You know, unconsciously, we can relate to Father God in similar ways to our own fathers. This can be both positive and negative. For instance, if your father was remote or a disciplinarian, if he was absent for long periods, thought that work was more important than family life, or was over-controlling, or even if he was a perfect father, that could well affect your view of father. If you saw your father as a source of pocket money or a person to manipulate for your own ends, that could well affect your relationship with God or how you view God. My own father, after just five years of marriage to my mother, died. And I've only a few memories of him. I'm very grateful for the men in my life at that time who became father figures. And in life, as many of you know, I never married I never had to change nappies or feed crying babies or clear vomit up at three o'clock in the morning or discipline teenagers. All those things apparently make you happy, according to the survey. And if you have six kids, you must be ecstatically happy. However, my experience of life left me believing that Father God was remote, not always present, absent. It's untrue of who Father God is is I had difficulty knowing and feeling loved by Father God I had welcomed I knew I'd been welcomed by him I knew the love of Jesus I knew the power of the spirit in my life but Father God always seemed remote and distant in the shadows somehow behind unapproachable even yet his promise is I will be a father to you. What stops you knowing God's love in a tangible way, being fathered by him? A broken heart will affect your ability to feel Father God's love. Just like this prodigal son, either your own sin or the sin of others can wound our hearts. Self-hatred or being abandoned, being rejected, being abused in some way, being made a victim, and many other events in life, even pandemics, can damage us. You know, a wounded heart can render us unable to receive love in meaningful ways towards God, our family, our friends, and towards ourselves. Such events make us live like Orphans act like orphans. The good news, though, is that damaged emotions can be healed. Time doesn't always heal, but damaged emotions can be healed. We can be released from the blocks to an intimate relationship with Father God. I had a word earlier in the year about an upgrade in intimacy. I believe that's what God wants to do for us. He wants to upgrade our intimacy, and that happens by his love. Healing comes to us as we receive the love of the Father. Jesus 
has made this healing possible. Listen how he done it. The Bible tells us that God so loved the world. It isn't that God just loved the world. He so loved the world that he sent and gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to become the one who rescues us, to the one who saves us, the one who heals us. And he does this through his death on the cross. And in his death on the cross, he took upon himself all that separates us from Father God. All our reckless living, all our mistakes, all our unholiness, all our emotional pain, all of your woundedness, everything that separates you and I from a holy God, Jesus died for on the cross. He died and rose again to bring us into relationship with our loving heavenly Father. Jesus said in John 14, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And as we come home, he says, I will be a father to you. I encountered Jesus first as a young boy, then more fully in my teen years. But I've been on a long journey of discovering God as my father. And it's a journey of uh, healing that continues even today. Father God wants to come to you this morning to heal your heart some more. I totally believe that. To remove shame, to displace that orphan heart, that orphan thinking, and become your father. Psalm 68 says that God is a father of the fatherless. Why would we want, not want Father God to be our father, to know his love? And we still need a father, however old we are. The third promise in that passage is, you shall be sons and daughters to me. We shall be his child. Ephesians 1 tells us that we are chosen and adopted as sons and daughters. You see, Father God has chosen you to be his child. No one is excluded, not for any reason, not on race or ethnicity, colour, sexuality, age, ability or disability, lifestyle, good deeds or none, success or failure, intelligent or Mr Average or under Mr Average. All means all. It hinges, though, on the choices that we make. Do you want to be his child? Do you want to be his son and daughter? Do you want more of his love? We've already sung this sermon this morning. We've already heard this sermon this morning, the first part. In the story, Jesus told us that there was an older brother too. When his younger brother returned home, the party was thrown to celebrate his return. The older brother's reaction was the opposite to the father's and he refused to go to the party. He was angry, indignant at the father's acceptance of his brother, giving him a robe and ring and sandals, reinstating him, throwing the most lavish of parties to welcome him home. He saw himself, of course, as the perfect son. He stayed at home. He worked hard. He served his father, always obedient, doing the right thing, working hard for his inheritance. He protested at the father's welcome of his younger brother. It's not fair that he gets a party. 
The older brother revealed the heart of a slave, slave to bitterness and jealousy, a slave to brokenness. He totally did not understand grace and love of his father. The father said to him, but son, you are mine. I'm a father to you as well. Come celebrate your brother's homecoming. You see, this son hadn't discovered the father's love either. He had slaved to earn his father's love. The question this morning is, which son are you? The reckless or the self-righteous remainer? And that's not a political statement. Both had made themselves orphans and slaves by their choices. Both had broken hearts. Both were lost. Both lived in a pigsty. Both were rebelling. Which rebel are you? The jealous rebel who hadn't discovered the love of the father or the reckless rebel who found the love of the father when he came home? Neither son had to live in the prisons they were living in. They were different prisons. Both could be free. They both needed to find and accept the love of their father, God. The father, you see, was waiting for both of them to come and be his child. Father God's amazing, accepting, faithful and never-ending love for you comes with one condition, that you open your heart to his love. He has chosen you to be the object of his affections. It's up to you to accept the offer of his love and come home. Will you allow the Father to put the robe around you, that robe of righteousness, the ring, the family ring on your finger, the shoes not of a slave but of a son on your feet, to live knowing his love, to be his child? Are you ready this morning to bring to Father the wounds and pain that life has thrown at you and receive his unconditional, pure and everlasting love? A love that will change you forever. Are you willing to let go of jealousy, desire for revenge, pride, anger, all of your pain, injustice that has been thrust upon you, all your reckless living and jump into the ocean of his love. Amen. Can I invite the worship team to come back up and uh, we're going to sing a last hymn. We will be praying just before that though. So happy Father's Day. Happiness will come and go in life. I hope you have a really happy day today, fathers. But happiness will come and go in life. But Father's love is constant, it's consistent, it's unconditional. He waits with open arms for us. Let's just have a moment of quiet, um, just reflection for a moment, and then I'll pray.
We thank you this morning so much for your everlasting love. We've sung about it, we've heard about it, and we thank you that you are a father who loves all of us. None of us are excluded. Maybe you've never experienced the the Father's love at all and this is your morning to give your life to the Father, to give your life to Jesus. And you might want to pray something like this. I'm sorry, Father, that I was like the prodigal son and I want to come back to you. I want to turn away from those things that have distracted me, those things where I've rebelled against you that reckless living and I want to run into your arms I thank you that Jesus has died for me that he has taken everything that separates me from you thank you for the life that you offer me and I receive your love I receive your life today and now and forever help me Father to live for you for the rest of my life Or maybe you were like me. You went many years without knowing the love of the Father. You know Jesus. You know the Holy Spirit. You know that he welcomes you. But actually, you know there's brokenness in your heart. There's pain in your heart. There's woundedness. Not always your fault. Often not your fault. Do you want to just bring that to Father God today? Let him heal those wounds. Let him heal your heart. Let him release you from that orphan spirit. Just receive his love afresh. Let's ask him to fill you with his love right now. That everlasting, overwhelming, pure, holy love. Come and fill us all with your love. Thank you that we're all on a journey of receiving your love. And come and fill every one of us more with your love. We open our hearts to receive more of your love today. Thank you for that pure and holy love which just streams to us. Thank you for the ocean of your love that we can just bask in. Thank you for its healing and its life-giving properties the love of the Father. At the recent um, Catalyst uh, online festival, there was a song that the worship team uh, sang. It's called, I Run to the Father. And the words on the second verse just caught my attention. I run to the Father. I fall into grace. I'm done with the hiding. No reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon. My soul needs a friend. So I run to the Father again and again. Yeah, and we run into your arms, Father God, today. Receive more of your love. Thank you, Father. Amen.